start putting down payments on problems that you don't even have yet and problems that are based on actions that you haven't even taken yet. That's a waste of energy is a waste of time. And again, you're talking yourself out of success that you haven't even gotten yet. Stay all exceptional. Work on your game. I like the approach. Work on your fucking game. Everybody has relates to what Dre's saying in a different way. Work on your game. I like the way he thinks. Work on your fucking game. I like the frameworks that he's put together. Work on your game. And I would highly recommend it to anybody that's trying to work on their game. Work on your fucking game. I think it's a good approach. It's a different approach, too. Hey, you, work on your game. Gave me something really good. Work on your game. DreOldJay.com. And his philosophy makes a lot of sense. Not only work on your game, perfect your craft. Work on your game. He knows how to communicate in such a fabulous way. I can't say it enough. Work on your game. You are now tuned into the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, the confidence to put yourself out there, boldly and authentically and the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there, even when the success you've expected to achieve has yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, you get a huge dose of personal initiative, which is the go-getter energy that moves any one of us, including yourself, to go and make things happen instead of waiting for things to happen. And then we put all this together into a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, and techniques on underneath the umbrella of one unifying philosophy that is called work on your game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today's topic is, we are stepping into part three of what will be, I'm predicting a 10-part series on why you are in fear of success. Before we get into this, remind you of two things. First of all, my text message, Daily Motivation. Also, the weekly one that comes out every Monday called Monday Motivation. You can get those by being a member of my text community by texting me at my number, 305-384-6894. If you don't get an immediate response from our confirmation bot, that's because we still have some tech issues with the text, but those will be fixed and you'll be in the community. So just text me now. Anyway, secondly, work on your game university. That's a place where I do all my coaching. If you like to work with me directly, if you like to have me as your direct personal coach, there's only one way to do it. The good news is very simple to do it. All you got to do is go to workonyourgameuniversity.com. You can see exactly what we're doing. Hit the button on that page. Schedule a time to get on a call with us. That call is free of charge just so we can find out who you are, where you're at, what you're doing, what you believe is in your way. And if we believe we can help you and we believe you'd be a good fit for what we're doing, then we'll tell you how it works and how to move forward from there. Again, that's workonyourgameuniversity.com. So with all that out the way, let's get right into it. I don't have to give you any intro to this. So let's pick up right where we left off at point number seven. In the first two episodes of the series, we covered points one through three, then four through six. Now we're on point number seven, why you may be in fear of success. So these may be conscious or unconscious things that are stopping you from taking the steps that will get you to the success that you have been telling yourself that you want, but you don't yet have. Number seven is raised expectations. This concept connects directly to the last point that we talked about in the previous installment of the series. When you become successful, and again, success is relative to where you are now. So when I say use the word successful in this series, it just means relative to where you are now, you doing significantly better and you determine what significantly better means for you. When you become successful, both you and others around you who have seen this success will begin to expect that you will remain successful and continue to build on that success. In other words, people are going to expect upward movement from you because they have seen upward movement from you. People tend to expect you to do the same stuff that you've done before. Human beings are creatures of habit. So when you see someone doing something, they expect you to do it again. And anything that you show to people, they're going to expect you to do it over and over. And the more people who see you doing a certain thing, the more 
people, let's just say, will have the expectation of you doing it again. So when you create success and only a few people know about it, then only a few people are going to have the expectation of you repeating that success. But if a lot of people know about it, now you're going to have a lot of people having that expectation on you to create that success. And when you know a lot of people are expecting you to be successful, again, a lot being a relative term, that may create pressure for you. And that pressure on you could cause some people to rise to the occasion or it could cause you to crumble under what you perceive as pressure. And this is just how a lot of human beings look at things in life. Like, you know, all these people are looking at you and expecting something. It's harder to perform than if nobody was expecting anything or nobody was watching you in the first place. This is one of the reasons why in basketball, back in my days as an athlete, a lot of basketball players would follow my training material and I would teach them how to practice basketball and get better at playing basketball. But then when it came time to actually translate those practice skills into live game action, it was a challenge for many athletes. They would get performance anxiety or just not perform as well. Maybe it wasn't anxiety, they just weren't performing as well in front of everybody because it's a whole different ball game when you're practicing something and no one's watching. And then you do the same thing. There's a whole bunch of people watching. So, for example, when I record episodes of this show, it's just me here. There's nobody else in the room listening to me right now while I'm talking. And I'm only speaking to a camera and into a microphone, but not to live human beings. I don't feel the thousands of human beings who are actually going to hear this episode. I only imagine it, but I don't feel your presence right now while I'm recording this. And I'm going to have it already recorded by the time you hear it. And at the same time, I'm comparing that to even though I have a lot of stage experience, I have plenty of experience being on stages as a physical performer, like in sports and also as a speaker, as a like professional speaker, you know, TED Talks, et cetera, things like that, sales presentations and things like that. If I was to record episodes of this show in front of a live studio audience, the first few times I did it, it would feel a little bit different than it feels for me to record this show right here by myself with nobody else in the room, even though I have the experience simply because it's a different type of thing. And I have those eyeballs on me. I feel those eyeballs. I don't feel any eyeballs on me right now because there aren't any. So those raised expectations, the fact that people are just watching you can make a difference in the way that we perform in life. And any of you who's ever gone from a position of nobody knowing who you were to having some people, it doesn't have to be a million people. It could be five people watching you from zero. That's a big difference. And sometimes people can't perform as well when they know that they're being observed. So this can take the shape of, as I said, pressure, because now you have to perform at a higher level all the time once you show that you can create success. And it's no longer a surprise to other people when you're successful, it becomes a standard, almost to the point that it is so normalized that they're not even excited when you do something that is so great. It's just normal for you to have this level of performance to where people don't even appreciate it as much because they get so used to it that, again, they almost feel entitled to that level of performance. This is something that I've talked about when you heard me talk about performing at a high level, being a superstar of what you do. You take someone like LeBron James these days in basketball or Michael Jordan, if you're a little bit older, these guys normalized greatness. They normalized having a great game 97% of the time that they had a game to where them having a great game was not something to get excited about. It was like, this is what this person does. They just do it all the time. And it's normal. If they didn't have a great game, that was the surprise. Whereas most people in their line of work, they have a great game. Everybody's all excited because their great games are so few and far between. Whereas the superstar level people in any line of work, you having a great game is so normal that no one's excited anymore when you have a great game. It's almost not almost, but we can say for sure people come to take it for granted because they're so used to you doing it. And this is something that, again, becomes a mental challenge for a higher level performer because you got to keep finding ways to get yourself mentally locked in to perform at that higher level, even though everyone's already expecting it. Everyone expects it from you and nobody's going to be excited when you do it, but you still have to do it anyway. 
That's a challenge. It's not as easy as it sounds. So when you get to that level, it's no longer a surprise. Again, it becomes a standard, an expectation of others, let alone for you. And again, this sounds like a good idea from the outside looking in. It feels a whole lot different when you're the one who everyone is looking to, to solve every problem, close every deal, and do what nobody else has been able to do. It's much easier to just be a member of the crowd, have no expectations on you. It's much easier to do that because nobody's expecting anything. So anything you do is like extra. It's great. But what about you doing that extra level? And that's just the normal. And again, you don't even get a handshake for doing it. This is why most people are average. This is one of the reasons why most people are average. It's not because most people are incapable of success. And it's not because most people don't want success. It's because most people don't want to deal with the expectation that come with being a known successful individual. Most people don't want to deal with the expectation that comes with success because there will be expectations. In the book Relentless, written by Tim Grover, who, uh, speaking of Michael Jordan, he was Michael Jordan's trainer for a lot of his career. Tim talked about how many people in basketball, for example, as a metaphor, don't want to take that last shot in a game because if you make the last shot, now next game, when somebody needs to make the last shot, now they're going to be looking at you to do it again. And now it becomes an expectation because you've done it before. And that's exactly what I mean, that people fall into human beings. Again, as creatures of habit. We see someone doing something even one time and we start to expect that that's just what they do all the time. We're going to expect them to do it, especially if they're doing something that we don't want to do or that we can't do. We will gladly get behind that person, let them do it instead of you doing it yourself. So it's not again, it's not that people don't want to do something great is that they don't want to be expected to do something great. That's the difference. Doing something great is one thing, but doing something great when everyone is looking at you like, all right, hey, do something great. We need you to do something great. Do it right now. And you just got to do it on call. That's a whole different ballgame than when you're doing something great and you came out of nowhere and everybody's like, wait, who's that? We never heard of this person, but look at them. Look at this great thing that they're doing. It's a whole other thing when everybody shows up expecting you to do a great thing. And now you got to do it with everybody looking. It's way different when the expectation is on you. And this may be a thing that holds people back, not holds people back, but causes people to hold themselves back from being successful because this is the trade off. This is what happens afterwards. Despite all the YouTube, basketball, even this show. I started as a writer and I am still a prolific writer. As a matter of fact, I send out emails damn near every day. I call this the daily game email. I want you to get this every day to your inbox completely for free. So simply go to workonmygame.com. That's workonmygame.com. You get my emails directly to your inbox every day free of charge. Again, that's workonmygame.com. The reason most people don't reach their goals in life is not because they never ask themselves what they want. Most of you do that. It's not because they're not willing to do the work. Most of you do a whole lot of that. It's because they never ask themselves the third key question, which is, who do I need to be? I wrote a book called The Mirror of Motivation that is all about asking and answering that question of and for yourself. That's why it's called The Mirror of Motivation. In that book, you're going to learn who you need to be as a person so that you can go Get into that right energy, then do what you need to do, and then you'll be able to reach your goals and have what you want to have. If that sounds like the missing link in your process, and let me give you a hint, it is the missing link in your process, I'll give you a free copy of the Mirror of Motivation. All you have to do is cover the shipping and just go to mirrorofmotivation.com. Again, mirrorofmotivation.com. I will give you a free copy of that book so you can ask yourself the key question that you have never asked yourself that most people never ask themselves that will make all the difference in your success. Mirrorofmotivation.com. Point number eight, we're talking today about 
why you may be in fear of success, consciously or unconsciously. Number eight, less support. So this one can go both ways. I'll give you both sides of this. When I say less support, when you become more successful, the support level may go down. So on one hand, it is true that once you start creating momentum and success for yourself, more people may want to come around and help you or be or stand next to you or do anything to be around you now that you really don't need it as much as you needed it before. It's a paradoxical thing when it comes to help and assistance is that the more you help yourself and the more success you create on your own momentum, the less you need it, but the more people want to give it to you. This is how we get things like the rich get richer and the poor get poor. When you have a lot of money and people knows you have a lot of money, you often don't have to pay for stuff, even stuff that is relatively expensive. And when you're poor and you don't have any money, you got to pay for everything. You don't get anything for free when you're poor. So it's just funny how that works in life. Is, and this is why the gap continues to widen between the people who are at the high levels of performance and people at low levels of performance. Because when you're at the high level, people just give you stuff and you don't even have to work for it. Not everything, but I'm just saying this metaphorically. You get the spirit of the point that I'm saying. And when you are more successful, again, sometimes you just get more help. Now you don't really need it. Now everybody wants to help you. It's just funny like that, right? Like, where were all these people when I actually needed some help? Now everybody wants to help. Me. So in one way, you will have more support that you don't actually need or even want. It may not even be useful support when you're already successful. People just want to be around you again because they want to just have the friction of having that success rub off on them. And offering support is their way of getting around you if you allow it. On the other hand, though, fewer people in some areas will want to be around or support you simply because you are doing something that they haven't done and or do not understand. Again, so this is like the third time this concept has come up in this series already. As a general rule, people avoid things that they don't understand. So it depends on how your success has come about, where you did it at, and how other people can relate to how you got to where you got to and what type of people may be more attracted or less attracted to you based on the fact that you are successful. On top of the fact that, as I already told you, when you create success, the other people have not created your success can be to certain people a reflection of their lack thereof. So you can still have support, but it may be fewer in number than when you were a less successful individual. It's funny that it can happen this way. Sometimes it doesn't happen exactly this way, but often it can. So this is a real fear. But at the same time, let's remember that fear is not actually a real thing. Fear is just a feeling. It's something that we conjure up in our minds. It's not something that actually happens to you. Similar to embarrassment, similar to confidence. These things don't happen to you. They are choices. They're just states of mind. They're ways of thinking. Because you have created a certain level of success, which means you'll be able to help yourself even when others are not willing to help you. That's one of the reasons why having less support may not even matter that much. But again, you had to get your mind around accepting what I just said, because it is one thing for me to say it and you to logically get it. It's another thing for you to accept it and actually go out and live it. That the more successful you become, okay, well, these people aren't going to hang around me anymore. They won't want to help me anymore. That's okay, because with the success that I've created, not only have I shown myself that I can do it, I now have the resources to do it on my own. So everything that they were doing, I can do myself and I don't need them or I can replace them because I have the resources to do so. So this is part of what creating success can do for you. It gives you the confidence and the mental toughness to understand that, okay, the people who left, I'm still going to do what I'm going to do, whether you're going to be around or not. We're still going to make this work one way or another. Give you an example here. Speaking of Michael Jordan, who I already mentioned. In the last carnation of the Chicago Bulls dynasty, which was from 1996 through 1998, the last three years they won the championships when Michael Jordan was the main guy. They had this guy on the team named Dennis Rodman. If you're a basketball fan, you know about Dennis Rodman. You might know about him even if you don't watch basketball. 
And Dennis was a, we can say he was a free-spirited, eccentric type of guy, but he was a very good basketball player, damn good player. He is, I believe, in the Basketball Hall of Fame to this day. And Dennis was, he wasn't the guy who kept normal, disciplined, professional type of schedule that a Michael Jordan or a Scottie Pippen would have kept, but he still did his job when it was time to get on the court. And there was a time when Dennis, while playing with the Bulls, I believe it was his first year with the Chicago Bulls, he got suspended because he had kicked a cameraman on the sideline during a game, like intentionally kicked the cameraman. I remember when this happened back in the 90s. And Dennis got suspended for maybe 10 or 11 games. And according to the stories, the Chicago Bulls during those 10 or 11 games, you know, Dennis Rodman was a big piece of their team. They needed what Dennis brought to the table because that was a hole in their roster before he got there, at least the year before. And Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, the two leaders of the team, According to reports, they decided that they were going to play as and they didn't say this out loud, but they played as hard as possible during the games that Dennis Rodman missed. And they played as if it was for the championship because they wanted to win as many games as they could always. But with Dennis out, they wanted to make a point of winning games without him to prove to him that, hey, the shit you did on the other teams you've been on, where when you don't play, the team loses and the team gets worse when you're not around. That's not going to work over here. We're going to win with or without you. And according to I think Tim Grover said this in his book. He told Dennis Rodman, look, we're going to win whether you're here or not. So you might as well get on board. That's the kind of mindset that I would want you to have once you understand that creating success makes you a more empowered individual, regardless of your tangible resources. This is a mental resource. You know, those days in your life when you don't really feel like being at work, you don't really feel like doing the job that you're required to do, but you have to do it anyway. Yeah, those days. We call those days the third day. Everyone has them, no matter what it is that you do. And you need to, if you're going to be a professional, have a system for getting through those days because they're going to happen. I wrote a book called The Third Day, the decision that separates the pros from the amateurs that systematically and strategically coaches you on how to get through those days so you can give your best effort when you least feel like it. I will give you a free copy of the book. Again, it's called The Third Day. All you have to do is cover the shipping and go to thirddaybook.com. Again, that's thirddaybook.com. Get a free copy of that book, How to Separate Yourself, the Pro, from the Amateurs by showing up and giving your best effort when you least feel like it. Just go to thirddaybook.com. Point number nine. Today's topic, once again, we're on part three of our series. Part three of our series, why you may be in fear of success. Number nine, burnout. Burnout that creating success may just make you tired from doing so much stuff to create and maintain that success. This is the person who's worried about how they will cross a bridge before they have even gotten to the bridge. Well, I don't want to become successful because then I got to do all this work. Then I got to carry the load. Then I'm going to have all these expectations. Then people are going to want me to do this and they want to only do that. And everybody's going to be coming at me. And you haven't even created the first level of success. You haven't taken the first step to get success yet, but you're already worried about what's going to happen once you get there. All right. This is, again, putting a down payment on failure. And a lot of people tend to do this as a rationalization for their inaction in the moment. And I want to make sure you don't fall victim to this. Because a lot of people do this. It's like an automatic, I'll call these ants, A-N-T-S, automatic negative thoughts. I wrote about this in my book, Work On Your Game, which you can get by going to workonyourgamebook.com. Telling yourself about all the negative things that could happen before you have even taken the first step to making anything happen, let alone a negative thing, let alone a positive thing. You haven't done anything. You're just telling yourself all the bad stuff that could happen. And before you know it, when you allow these ants to accumulate, because if you see one ant, there's usually a bunch of ants. 
what happens is by the time you allow them to accumulate, you have thought yourself out of doing anything. You haven't taken even one action step because you thought yourself out of how bad it may be in the future. If you do this, then this, then this, then this. All right. They call this the chain reaction fallacy. Chain reaction fallacy is if I do this, then that means this is going to happen. Then this will happen. Then this will happen. And this will happen. And you take it all the way to the in cognitive dissonance discussion. They talk, they call this the absurd absolute, like the furthest possible extent of this. It doesn't necessarily have to be absurd, but you get to the point that you basically psych yourself out of it, psych yourself out of doing anything because you're thinking about how bad it could end up. And again, nothing's even happened yet. So people saying that they don't want to create success because you don't want to burn yourself out by doing too much work or giving too much effort that you believe success will require. How about we just get to success first and then solve our problems after we get there? Handle your problems as they come and make sure that it's an actual problem, not one that you just conjured up in your mind. It doesn't even exist. I remember a, a female friend once asked me years ago to show her how to do some workouts in the gym. She had never really worked out before and she just wanted some guidance on things she could do on her own by herself in the gym. So I said, all right, I'll, uh, we'll go to the gym and I'll show you how all the machines work. I'll explain to you how they work. You tell me what parts of your body you want to work out and I'll show you how they work. And then you can go do the stuff. And before we even got around to doing this, here's what she said. This is in the same conversation where we're talking. This was not in the gym. We're having this conversation. And she says, well, Dre, let me warn you of something. I just want to get in shape. I want to get toned. You know, I want to tone my body up. This is the kind of language that women use when they talk about the gym. I want to tone my body up, but I don't want to look like some big muscular female. I want to be one of those gym females who's like bodybuilder females who looks like a man. This is her language that she's saying. I don't want to be looking like a man with all these muscles and all that stuff. I just want to get toned up and get my body in shape. And mind you, this woman who's talking to me, she had never done any type of consistent exercise or workout routine in her entire life up to this point. She was worried about, I don't want to have big muscles like some, like one of those bikini competitor women. I told her that we need to focus on you actually showing up to the facility maybe three times in a row before we worry about you having too many muscles. Uh, your problem with having too many muscles probably is not going to happen. And I stayed in contact with this woman for many years after. I haven't seen her in a while, but last I saw, uh, she still didn't have the problem of having too many muscles. I think she still has a problem of actually going to the gym, at least the last that I checked. Hopefully she fixed that problem at least. But this is the same thing I'm going to tell you. All right. Don't Start putting down payments on problems that you don't even have yet and problems that are based on actions that you haven't even taken yet. That's a waste of energy is a waste of time. And again, you're talking yourself out of success that you haven't even gotten yet. Don't do that. And this is one of the things that stops people from getting to where they want to get to. And you'll notice throughout this series that a lot of these things that keep people from success, these fears of success. Let's be clear again what a fear is. A fear is false evidence appearing real. That's how people break down the four letters of fear. False evidence appearing real. Fear is something that you create in your mind. It's not a real thing. You may have a real feeling about fear, but the fear itself is not a real thing. It is only existing in your mind and you can make it poof, disappear just as easily as you brought it in. And a lot of the things that cause people to fear success, again, are just things that you have conjured up and created in your mind that do not actually tangibly exist. That's it. Recapping the next three points in this series. Number seven, raised expectations. We're talking about why you fear success. Raise expectations. You believe that there will be more people expecting more of you because you have created success and that will happen. And your fear or your wanting to avoid those raised expectations may cause you to sabotage your own success. Number eight, less support. This can go both ways. You may get more support from people who just want to be around you simply because you're successful and less support from people who just don't understand how you got your success or may be a bit envious or confused about or by your success. And 
they may go away. So you could get more or less. More may not even be the more that you want. Number nine, burnout. You're concerned about maybe I'll burn myself out doing too much work or having too much expectations on my shoulders or have too much to do if and when I become successful. Therefore, you sabotage your own success before you even get there. I would suggest you not make that mistake. Again, just like my friend who didn't want to have too many muscles, but had never worked out in her life. And again, that wasn't the problem that we need to deal with. The problem was, let's just make sure you know how to get into the gym in the first place and pick up a weight before we worry about you having too many muscles. That said, folks, make sure you're texting me or my text community numbers down below in the description. Work on your game university. That is the place where I do all my coaching. What we're talking about over the course of this series, is a lot of mindset stuff There's a lot of foundational mindset pieces. And mindset is the foundation of anything you're going to do in business. You want to make more money next year. You want to have more customers. You want to build up your list. You want to launch your course. You want to finish your book. You want to make more sales. Mindset is the foundation of you doing all of those things because you need to have the right frame of mind upon which we can build the strategies, the actions, the systems, and the outcomes. So go to workonyourgameuniversity.com, schedule a time, get on a call with us, and we'll take it from there. Tomorrow, we go into the next part of this series. Work on your game. Dre all day. While you are here, don't forget to text me so you can be part of my texting community where you can ask me questions. You can share challenges with me. You are messaging me directly. You can get a direct response from me because I do read and reply to my messages. My number again, 305-384-6894. One more time, 305-384-6894. Make sure you text me because you never know when I'm going to send a message that could be the one thing you need to hear, the one thing you need to do, the one insight you need to get that could change your life. Make sure you message me 305-384-6894. Are you ready to take your health and well-being to the next level? Or if you're already at the next level, you want to make sure you stay there? Introducing AG1, the ultimate all-in-one supplement that will revolutionize your daily routine. AG1 is meticulously crafted to provide your body with a comprehensive blend of 75 essential nutrients, vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants. What does all that mean? Let me make it simple means you're getting the perfect solution for those of you who are committed to optimizing your health and fueling your body with the very best. I take this stuff myself besides water and my protein shake. I don't put anything else in my body. Whether you're a professional athlete or someone who values meticulous attention to detail when it comes to what you put in your body, AG1 is designed with people like us in mind. But the benefits don't stop there. When you choose AG1, you're going to receive a free one-year supply of vitamin D a vital nutrient that supports a strong immune system and promotes healthy bones. On top of that, we're including five free AG1 travel packs so you can stay on top of your game wherever life takes you. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash work on your game. That's drinkag1.com slash work on your game. Your body deserves the highest quality nutrition, and AG1 is here to deliver. That's why I partner with them. That's drinkag1.com slash work on your game.